What's going on, everybody? Champions Club Podcast. We are live. We are rolling here. Tori Gurley, Monty Moss here. Got a lot of long list of lineups for you guys today on today's show. Week 7 in the books. Tori, can you believe we're at week 8 already and we're right about to hit November? Doesn't shock me at all, man. You can feel it in the air. It's almost that time. You got uh, Halloween coming up soon. My birthday is in the middle of November, and then we have Thanksgiving coming up right after. So it's that favorite time of the year, man, where you can just feel football and meaningful football to be exact. On behalf of the Champions Club podcast, we want to give a special shout-out to the Los Angeles Dodgers for getting it done last night and beating the Rays 4-2. to Dodgers have been to the World Series the last three years, lost two, finally got over the hump last night. Manager Dave Roberts and the crew, shout-out to Magic Johnson. And the Dodgers for getting it done. Tor looks like uh, both LA teams have won. Is it safe to say the Rams are can get it done as well? Nah, but it's, they got a nice stadium though. <laughs> Champions Club podcast. You can catch this podcast streaming on all streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, the Anchor FM app, Google Podcasts. All information from today's show will be brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. You guys can sign up with DraftKings today using your iPhone or Android device. For all you iPhone users, just go to your app store, type in DraftKings. And for all you Android users, just go to your Play Store, type in DraftKings. DraftKings.com. Sign up today. Week 8 on the rise. A few days away. Week 7. Tory man, it's been a crazy week 7. Both of us are back in the win column for our locks of the week, which we're going to get into later on in the show. But, man, what are some of your key takeaways from week seven, man? Because I know there were some some gains where we scratched our heads and there were some gains where actually we were pro- kind of surprised. Your take, week seven. Uh, I'm shocked with the New England Patriots. You know, I don't know what's going on up there with Bill Belichick and Cam Newton. Um, this guy, arm looked like a shot. He's out there throwing one-hoppers and uh, – they, they don't have enough talent on offense to get it done. And it's just kind of – it's weird, man. It seems like they're in a situation where uh, they might be thinking future instead of trying to win right now. But we'll have to uh, let this thing play itself out. Yeah, it was a tough loss for my Patriots on Sunday. Very, very excruciating game to watch. 33-6 to was your final. Cam Newton did get benched in that game. Threw a couple interceptions. 49ers defense was just clicking on all cylinders as well as their offense. And Jimmy G's return back to Foxborough. 49ers got it done. And uh, it was really bad. My takeaway from week seven, one of the games that I was really excited for, I was really happy to see Washington football team get after it. That was my lock of the week that I gave to all of America last week's episode on the Champions Club podcast. And the Cowboys travel all the way from Dallas to Washington just to put up a field goal. Could have sent three points by mail. Tori, your takeaway from that Washington football team. You called it out with that front four of Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, and others. Gave a, It was a long day at the office for Andy Dalton and the crew. He did get injured in that game. Cowboys just couldn't get anything going offensively. Defensively, they were a mess. What's your takeaway from that Washington game? Yeah, I'm extremely happy for Washington. Uh, Ron Rivera just finished up his cancer treatment. And his team went out there and rewarded him with the big win. Uh, defensively, I just felt like it was a, a game where they were they were going to be able to get after uh, the Dallas Cowboys, especially with them losing their two tackles. You know, whenever you have Lel Collins and Tyron Smith out, going against first-round talent of the Washington football team, it, it was just a nightmare made. And uh, it, it was just a nightmare for those guys. And, um, and I'm just happy to see the, even the young quarterback go out there and just kind of maintain the game. Uh, he dispersed the ball around Kyle Allen. Uh, he went out there, made some plays, and and Washington really just they kept it very simple. You know, we Dallas loves to brag about all the players that are Pro Bowlers, but what what the Washington football team showed is having leadership, following it to a T, and executing on offense and defense will win you games. And right now, man, they <laughs> they have a shot to win a division. So shout out to the Washington football team. Division, the NFC East America is still up for grabs. Anybody's race, anybody's division to win. Uh, Washington football team picks up the win. Other news, Packers got it done, Tory Rebounded after a loss against Tampa. You call this, the Packers were going to bounce back. You were even comfortable with them taking them with the spread at the time, which was at one point from our friends at DraftKings was at three. 35-20 was your final. 
What was some of your takeaways from that Packers win and that and that great rebound that went on the road? Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, these guys are really in a nice groove. It's amazing that teams come out and defend Devontae with one person. I would double him or even triple team him. So if you're going to allow uh, – if you're going to be that silly and, and have a game plan where you think your best DB can can hang, then so be it. You know, Romeo Cornell, that, that was a bad coaching decision. And Aaron Rodgers made you pay. I mean, he went out. Those two guys had a hell of a fantasy day. And on top of that, the team got to win. So, um, you know, I'm extremely happy for those players because uh, they had an ugly loss this past week. Uh, well, the week before uh, going against Tampa on national TV. So to see them bounce back and to cash in those bets or get those huge fantasy wins, man, shout out to the Green Bay Packers, man. They got it done. Houston Texans dropped down to 1-6 and six now, third in the division. Devontae Adams had a ball, and that also, from a fancy standpoint, I'm pretty sure all of you that are uh, big, uh, any touchdowns uh, betters out there for your parlays, man, 13 receptions, 196 yards, two touchdowns, four yards away from 200 yards receiving. It's good to see those two when they're doing like that, but like Tori said, you might want to double them or even triple team them and put others in a situation to beat you. Man, Tori, the Broncos, of course, got annihilated 43-16. to Chargers got it done at home, 39-29. to That was a great game. Arizona and Seattle, man, we talked about this. We were both excited for this game. It was a Sunday night game. We we both were pleading that this was going to be a shootout, in which it was. Both teams had opportunities to win. Russell Wilson threw an interception in that overtime to Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson, which I talked about on last week's episode as well. 37-34, Arizona with the win in overtime, Torrey. What, what what was your what's your what's your take on, on that game and seeing Russell Wilson and let Russ cook and Metcalf kitchen to seeing Colin Murray do the things that he do with DeAndre Hopkins at the beginning of the season week one I came out and said my dark horse for MVP offensive player of the year Kyler Murray get on the Kyler Murray train fantasy betting football angle this guy is the next man up and he and Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, really made a lot of people proud uh, because the year before it was Josh Rosen and, and another coach. But for them to come in, get rid of Josh Rosen, bring in Kyler Murray, uh, get DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans, give him a number one receiver alongside with Larry Fitzgerald and all the other weapons they have. It, it's just a great fit. And, man, Kyler went out there and balled. And, and, and Russ balled as well. But the problem I see with the Seahawks moving forward is sometimes your best offense, you can have too much of a thing could be bad. And what I mean by that is if you don't know how to control Russell Wilson and allow him to do just enough, but you can't put everything on Russ, literally. You can't tell Russ to go out there and win you football games for 60 minutes straight. You got to give him some type of help on defense. You got to give him a run game. And what it showed is that Throwing a ball 50 or 60 times in the NFL, man, you just can't sustain it. Eventually something bad is going to happen. And we watch Rush go out there and throw a interception in the red zone on a five-yard line, oh, yeah. something that's kind of you know brought back flashbacks of them throwing a ball on a two-yard <laughs> line instead of giving it to beast mode. So yeah. that, you know, that wasn't great to see. And also in overtime with him throwing the interception, I just think they put too much on his plate. I think they should give him some help. Uh, the trade deadline is coming up soon. And if they do that, you know, it, it, it could, I guess, pat, pat the blow a little bit. But right now, I just don't believe in Seattle, man. I, I'm happy to see that the Arizona Cardinals was able to get it done on a Monday night. Uh, we really don't talk about defensive players, but, man, shout out to Buda Baker. Uh, he really was a game changer. Uh, the turnovers and the tackles he made were uh, something that really flashed on, on defense and a lot of people left that Monday night game being like, damn, the Cardinals are – they're tough. You know, we were on them week one when we said, hey, they were going to go out and beat the San Francisco 49ers. So, to see them go out and win another divisional game against the Seattle Seahawks, it just shows, man, the NFC West is really loaded. Yeah. And you talk about flashbacks. It's funny how the Super Bowl was played in the same stadium that they played in on Sunday night. And I'm pretty sure Pete Carroll had flashbacks of Russ Wilson throwing another – Interception in the red zone, but shout out to DK Metcalf turning on the Jets. USA Olympic trials are coming up. It's safe to say that man should definitely get an invitation to sign up because, man, he hawked he him down so fast, man. Shout out to Metcalf Kitchen. But 
Tyler Lockett had another great day uh, in the fantasy football office. 15 re- receptions, 200 receiving yards, three touchdowns. He led the day in fantasy, which we're going to get into later on in our fantasy football segment on the Champions Club podcast. But, man, as Tory touched on, you can't uh, let Russell Wilson go out there. Yes, let Russ cook. That's the saying that everyone's been saying since the football season started. Yes, he's an MVP form, but throwing the ball 50 times, uh, only completing 33 uh, out of 50 attempts is, is, is not something good. The run game wasn't all that great. Uh, Carlos Hyde did have an average running game, but uh, that defense has to go out there and get stops. And it's kind of kind of reminds of reminds us, I should say, of that Cowboys defense. Yes, uh, the Seahawks have the top five worst defense right now and giving up over 400 plus yards a game, but but yet kind of gives you a, a Dallas Cowboys situation where the Cowboys their defense is, is giving up so many points, but yet they're relying on their offense to bail them out. And it's starting to see a trend. Tori, it's safe to say that. Is this a trend we're seeing where it's starting to catch up to Seattle where, yes, we're letting Russ cook, but the defense is not doing their job and getting three and outs and turnovers as they should? Yes, definitely. Uh, You just can't throw the ball around 50 times and think it's all going to be good things on offense. Like, eventually you're going to have some tip passes. uh, Balls balls get deflected. They get intercepted and returned the other way. Like, DK Metcalf really uh, made a a crazy play, like something that is – you know, it's going to be showed all over sports as effort and not giving up. But you can't – you are he's not going to be able to do that every time. Like, Russ is going to throw uh, more interceptions, and eventually DK is going to be like, the hell with this, man. They're not paying me to go out here and tackle people. So, um, But I, I just think from the Seattle uh, Seahawks standpoint, if they can get some guys healthy, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and just allow the backs to get in on the action. I know Carson, uh, Sean Carson, went down with the injury. But if you can just get a couple of backs uh, and be able to mix in some runs, I think that would truly help out Russ because the field is already spread. Teams are, are very afraid of what Russ can do with his arms. So now if you have a bell cow, uh, a back that can, you know, get you four or five yards here and there, it'll just make the game more convenient for him because you can literally – you can run somebody in the ground, and that's what they're doing with Russ, man. I just think uh, you're going to wear out your welcome with just throwing that many passes. Yeah, one more game. We'll, we'll touch on before we get into our week our week eight uh, insight and predictions, as well as our our sports uh, betting spread for you guys on the Champions Club podcast. Browns and Bengals story. This is a game we saw these two teams face off on a Thursday night. Yes, the Browns did win. Yes, they did win again, going up 2-0 uh, on the Bengals this season. 37-34 was your final. Uh, the double B connection just continues to get better. I, I called this out three, four weeks ago on a Champions Club podcast uh, to go get uh, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow did a, had a great day at the office too from a fantasy standpoint. But man, Browns improved to five and two on the season after coming off an excruciating loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers and a blowout on the road. 37-34 was your final. My biggest take, I want to give a big shout out to my Michigan Wolverine. Of course, me being a Wolverine fan. Yes, I'm happy Big Ten football is back. Yes, we are one to know. But Don, Donovan Peoples Jones had the game winning touchdown that game. That was all she wrote. But Odell Beckham, Tory. We both talked about him on this podcast numerous of times, not also from a betting standpoint, but also from a fancy football standpoint. But to see this man go down with a, as what we know now is a torn ACL, his season is over. Man, what's your take right now or when the Browns are? Yes, they have a win. You got a win column, they're 5-2. But having the loss of Odell and what that can do for them long-term on their push to trying to get into the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Uh, from a playmaker standpoint, you're going to miss Odell Beckham. But – uh, as for Baker Mayfield, I think it might be a blessing in disguise. And and the reason why I say that is when you have a player as talented as Odell, you feel obligated to get him the ball at all costs because you know he's a racer. He's someone that if you throw it into double or triple coverage, he could make that play. And now with him not being on the field, it's going to force Baker to mature and grow as a quarterback and go through the correct reads instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to lock in on Odell and I'm going to give him a shot. Um, it, it could help him for his career, you know, moving forward, because if Baker can't get it done this year um, when it comes to delivering passes on time and being accurate, his job is up for grabs. You know, you have Case Keenum that's on the bench, and also Cleveland hasn't uh, picked up his fifth-year option. So this is so important for him uh, to – not let this injury sidetrack him as a player, but for him to grow from it. Because if not, uh, it it could be over with for Odell and for Baker uh, 
as Cleveland Browns. So uh, we'll see what's what, how they move forward with this process. Yeah, great bounce back performance from Baker personally from an individual standpoint. 22 of 28, 297 passing yards, five touchdowns, did throw one interception. Rashad Higgins, of course, a Cleveland Browns sleeper, came out of nowhere. Jarvis Landry was banged up throughout that game. Uh, he finished with five receptions, 48 yards, as I touched on. Uh, Donovan's people Jones got the game winning touchdown, which sealed the deal. Moving on, Bengals continue to lose, but the double B connection continues to be bright as they continue to move on. Steelers and Ravens. Yes, we saw the Steelers this past Sunday in a divisional win against the Tennessee Titans on the road. 27 24 was your final. Things don't get easier for them. Uh, going on the road again to Baltimore, a divisional game which we know uh, has been many great classics over the years. Uh, regardless of Steelers are on the road or rather the Steelers are at home for my friends right now at DraftKings Tory, they have the Steelers and Ravens game at three and a half Pittsburgh is coming in as the favorite over and under is currently at 47 and a half what are you liking with this game can the Steelers keep that undefeated streak rolling going into Baltimore man surprisingly I love the Steelers in this spot and, um, you know, I've listened to many podcasts and people on television and folks say the Steelers are due for a letdown game. But I went back and watched the 2019 week five uh, Steelers versus Ravens. And I truly was impressed with how the Steelers were winning the game with Duck Hodges at quarterback. Yes, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. And mm-hmm. now um, they have their leader back in Big Ben. And just the way those pass rushers get after it, Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt, I think it's going to make it extremely difficult on that Baltimore on that Baltimore offense to spread the love around. Uh, something Lamar Jackson struggles with is throwing the ball. He is not comfortable in the pocket. When Lamar is his deadliest is when he's out of the pocket. But when you have edge rushers that can box him in and make him have make Lamar have to beat you from the pocket, I don't. I think it, it falls right there into Pittsburgh, and I, I think this is a great chance for them to go out. And to get this big win, even though Baltimore is coming off a bye, I just I just believe they can shut down the run of Baltimore Ravens. I watched them do it with the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry, and I think they can do the same. And I'm loving the Steelers in this spot. I don't think they're a perfect team, but I just think this style and this fight falls in the favor of being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, and the Steelers are kind of at another same sort of situation. Yes, the Ravens uh, have shown this year that they can be run heavy at times, something that the Titans do uh, value on a lot. They did uh, hold Derrick Henry under 100 yards rushing, which was a key point that I made uh, and for the Steelers to be successful and letting Ryan Tannehill beat you with his arm. And it could be the same case here uh, against the Ravens. We know how much they like to include Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbs into, into, the, into the offensive scheme and running the ball with them a lot, but Tori, would you say your key to the game, one of the keys to the game for the Steelers is to limit the run with the dynamic duo of Dobbins and Mark Ingram and allow uh, Lamar Jackson to beat you with his arm? That's the game plan. Load up the box and make Lamar beat you with his arm. Uh, I can't name a receiver uh, for the Ravens that scares me. Yes, Hollywood Brown, he can run, but one-on-one being able to to beat you, I, I've yet to see that from him. And something else is the production of Mark Andrews. Like last year, this guy was like a fantasy stud. He was getting in the end zone a lot, but he really hasn't. No one for the Ravens from a receiver standpoint has showed me anything because as of now, Lamar has struggled to throw the ball. And yes, some stats might show, oh, he's he's better as a passer. But no, when you watch the game and you have that eye test, it's like, man, they're not as explosive as they were. And it's because teams are forcing him to beat you with his arm. And with that sidearm flick throw, it's just it's not working. And and hopefully they can get it right. But um, if the Ravens are playing from behind, you know you can't run the ball and you're going to force Lamar to, to be in a shotgun the whole game and, and, and have to quarterback it. And I just think uh, right now that's not his strength. His strength is uh, being a runner first. And if they can stuff that – then everything else falls in falls into place for uh, Pittsburgh. Packers and Vikings. If you guys recall from Week One of the Champions Club podcast, Tory put out a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. These two teams faced off in the Packers forty three to thirty four win from Week One. These two teams meet again, but this time they'll be in Lambeau. Vikings are one of five on the season coming on the road against a hot 
bounce back win, key win for the Packers, moving to five and one, first in the NFC North. Tori, what's some of the things you're looking forward to when these two teams kick off again in that running back matchup uh, in the division? Honestly, I just think the Vikings are tanking. Um, I think this is a Green Bay game. Uh, no matter how you slice it, uh, the Vikings have one of the youngest secondaries in the NFL with the young, with all the guys being rookies or, or second-year players going against a Devontae Adams. I mean, right now Aaron Rodgers is humming. So if they're going to one-on-one Devontae like they did the first game, I think it's going to be a great fantasy fantasy week for those two guys. And also you get Aaron Jones back. Um, from an offensive standpoint with the Vikings, I think you might get Dalvin Cook back. Like right now he's listed as probable. But he is coming off that growing injury, and I just don't know the morale of the team. You know, they've lost so many games. Uh, you know, some people are saying, hey, you know, this is their last hurrah, but I just don't think offensively they have enough. I, I think what they've been doing, at, for, I think the Vikings front office, what they've done is they're trading and and, and preparing for the future. Um, it's a lot of guys that once upon a time were on that roster. They're not on there anymore. They're on the trade blocks. And if you don't have a defense – I don't care who your defensive coach is. You can have Bill Belichick. You can have Mike Zimmer. If you don't have those 11 guys that can get after it, Aaron Rodgers or whoever is going to tear you apart. And I just think it. it, it this is a it's a Packers game all day, man. They sweep uh, the series between the the Vikes right here. We're getting that second win. Two and zero. Tory's calling here. Spread right now. Tory's at seven. Vikings are coming as a seven point underdog. Over under is right now at 53. What are you liking? Oh, I, I love the Packers in this spot, but I also love uh, your boy. Uh, J- what's his name? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, baby. I, I think this is going to be a great game for him because the Packers do play a lot of man coverage. And, you know, you have Adam Thielen and you have Justin Jefferson. So from a fantasy standpoint, I think he's still going to do his thing because he's he seems like a young, hungry cat. A guy that plays with the chip on his shoulder because a lot of – a lot of the talk was on Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and no one was really talking about him. But if you go look yeah. at his numbers statistically, he has been the man. So I think he'll continue to play well, but they still get thumped. Yep, long as he keeps putting up those great fantasy numbers. Justin Jefferson, I've been down down a ride with you since week one. You were my draft pick. Won't announce what round it was in, but shout out to those guys. Great point that Troy and myself are going to get to you guys later on on a fantasy football a segment here on the Champions Club podcast. Bills and Patriots, another key divisional game for both teams, I should say. Patriots are coming off a embarrassing loss at home. This is the first time in the Bill Belichick era that they lost three games in a row. Last time that happened was 2002. Bills, of course, coming off uh, a, a bye week, 5-2. and two. Patriots at 2-4 and four right now, Tory. The way Cam, Cam is playing uh, offensively and the way that offensive uh, – uh, Offensive guys are, are rolling. No, Julian Edelman hasn't been the Julian Edelman that we've been seeing. The run game wasn't all that great. Definitely didn't do anything as like we saw on the road in Kansas City. Torman, what did the Patriots do coming into a, a, a – of course, it would have been a hostile environment with the Bills Mafia, but, of course, limited capacity due to COVID. What's your take? Are the Patriots in trouble? Is this a must-win game uh, for the Patriots coming in against the Bills in the divisional game? Hey, this is the classic stay the hell away. This is right. Stay away from the Patriots, especially Cam Newton and Julian Edelman. Like once upon a time, these guys were our favorite players. They were healthy and they were making plays. And now uh, they're just not they're not healthy. You know, they they look like uh, older shells of themselves. And that's something that's not great. You know, whenever someone mentioned that in sports, that lets you know you're on the way out. And on top of that, this past week, only thing I heard is Stephon Gilmore on the trade block. That's unheard of. You know, usually when you think of the New England Patriots, you think of them always being in position, especially when in division. And what only thing we heard this week was, you know, Cam has been playing bad and Stephon Gilmore on the trade block. So if I'm Stephon, I'm like, man, the hell with this. Like, I already got my Super Bowl ring. I got plenty of money in the bank. I might try to stay healthy this game and not tackle anyone. So then when I, if I do get traded, at least I'm ready to roll and ready to play. Um, and it's just, I just think Bill Belichick has a master plan. I don't think he intended on having a, a, a winning season, even though we all were excited for the emergence of Cam Newton the first two weeks, beating up on a, a Miami Dolphins team and, and a Vegas Raiders. But 
everyone else he's played, he's struggled. So um, I, I don't I don't know how you can look so good for two weeks and then four you know four weeks later your your body looked like it's failing you. So um, I, I would just stay away from it. I would back Buffalo. I think uh, they played extremely bad this past weekend, but I think it, it happens in sports where you play down to your competition. Uh, I, I've I've seen it many times with you know, high-powered teams like the Golden State Warriors in basketball play against the New York Knicks, and you look up and the game is tied. And then out of nowhere, you know, you have your key player, a star player to make plays. And same thing happens in football, you know, the homecoming game. But I think this right here is a game that uh, the Buffalo Bills go out and stamp and get the win because they know how important it is to beat New England, regardless of, of what's going on. That's been a nemesis for the past 18 years. So to to get this win and, and, and to to be a couple of games ahead of New England in division, I think is the most important thing for Buffalo. So I, I'm backing them no matter what. Yeah, my apologies. I I, I said Buffalo's on a bye. I must be I must be talking about the way the Patriots played on Sunday. They played like they were on a bye. 18 uh, 10 was the final uh, from Sunday on the road against New York. Patriots right now are a mess. Troy, right now, Cam Numbers, he has two touchdowns and seven interceptions. What do the Patriots need to do offensively to score more than three points this Sunday? I just don't think they have the talent, the personnel to do anything. Uh, Demir Bird, he's a South Carolina Gamecock, love him, but he's not a number one receiver. Keneal Harry has been a bust, and Julian Edelman has been a shell of himself. So I just named you their three starting receivers, and they don't put any type of fear in your heart. And you're definitely not afraid of Rex Burkhead or Sony Michelle. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Patriots. I just think I will stay away from them and just have to back the Bills and live with whatever happens because at least you know moving forward the Bills are trying to win game. And I just think right now uh, the Patriots are just uh, – they're going backwards. Yeah, you can catch that game 1 o'clock on CBS. Tory. Raiders and Browns, I feel like this is a key game for both squads. Of course, the Raiders coming off a, a home loss against Tom Brady and the crew, 45-20 to 20 was your final. Tom Brady again, five touchdown passes is the second uh, five-touchdown pass game he's had. For all you guys out there that may have forgotten, the first one was against the Chargers when they were up as much as 17, and Tom wheeled those guys back, facing a little bit of adversity, and they got the win. Browns are coming off a win, of course, as we touched on earlier in the show against the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, from our friends at DraftKings, this game is at three with the spread over and under at 52 and a half. Raiders are coming in as the underdog. Everyone knows I went with them once as the underdog, but Tory Raiders are on the road this week in Cleveland. Cleveland has a home game. Cleveland will be without Odell Beckham Jr. with a torn ACL. He will be out. We want to send our hearts and prayers for a speedy recovery and uh, hopefully he comes back better uh, than he which was. Uh, but, Tori, what's some of your keys to the game when these two teams kick off on Sunday? I think this is going to be one of the, the highest scoring games on Sunday. Uh, both teams' defenses are not that good. But on offense, they have the personnel to light up the scoreboard. You know, you have Henry Ruggs. Um, you have Darren Waller, the Raiders. And then the Browns, you have Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt. Uh, David Njoku, uh, he he reintroduced himself, and uh, and Baker Mayfield. So I, I think this game is going to be a lot of points scored. Um, just because the Raiders got beat up by the Bucks, you know, people really don't talk about this, but it really mattered that the Raiders had a COVID problem, and their offensive linemen were out the entire week, and it was it was one of the craziest things ever. So offensive linemen came down with COVID. They forced all O-line to stay home and not practice. And then they went out there and played on Sunday. Like, that's one of the wildest things i ever seen. It's really been swept under the rug, but it happened. And now everyone is back and everyone is healthy. So if people want to back the Browns for beating uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't think this is a good spot to, to, to want to back the Browns now against the Raiders that have a – you know, a top 10 offensive line. I mean, their offense is pretty good. We watched them beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, I, w I wouldn't overvalue the Browns, and I think it's a great spot for the Raiders to come in and get the win, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. That would be a great game to watch. I agree. This has over written all over it. Yes, this will be the first game we'll see 
uh, with the Browns without OBJ. Maybe this could be a good thing for Baker in that offense. Maybe it could be a bad thing. We'll just have to wait and see. Catch that game 1 o'clock. Rams and Dolphins. Two a time, as they, everyone is talking about. For all you guys out there that may not have known, uh, Dolphins came out with a decision last week to move on from Fitzmagic and go on to Tua time in Miami. It's a hell of a first game for him as a starter because, man, Aaron Donald got after got – he gets after it. And it's going to be a long day at the office. I'll tell you that right now, America, for Tua. But, Tori, right now from our friends at DraftKings, this Rams and Dolphins game, Rams are coming in as a four-point favorite. Over and under right now is at 46. Is Tua in trouble for his first game as an NFL quarterback starting? He is definitely in trouble. You have to be a fool to back the Dolphins in any type of way. If it's fantasy, (laughs) if it's sports betting. I'm going to give you some football logic. Okay, number one. He had no OTAs, no training. First, he didn't finish his season with Alabama with the Crimson Tide. He was hurt. Next, he had no OTAs, no training camp. Third, had no live game reps during preseason because there wasn't a preseason. And now I'm going to throw you in the fire against an Aaron Donald and an NFL defense. This isn't practice. Mm. You're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. This is the real deal. (laughs) I think this is – Honestly, I think this is the game. If you want to bet, I would just bet against the the Miami Dolphins because regardless of what they say, and of course he's a first round draft pick. He was number he was number five pick overall. They're gonna baby him and tell him, "Oh, you're doing great. You look so good." But that's what they're supposed to do when you're the franchise guy. I think this is a game where he goes out, he stinks it up. He you know he earns his. He's gonna have to earn his stripes, take his lumps. And I think it starts on Sunday with him getting blasted. And I, I think this game is going to be a blowout. I mean, if the Rams go out and lose to a quarterback that didn't have a rookie quarterback with no preseason, no OTAs, then, you know, they, they don't deserve to be a, a, a contender if that happens. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I yeah. don't care who you are. Even Patrick Mahomes struggled coming out of the block. Like, there is a such thing as – a quarterback with no practice coming in and balling. Like, it just doesn't work out that way. So I, I think this is a yeah. great spot uh, to back the Rams, and and, and Tua is just going to have to just take it on the chin. Like, they're rebuilding. So um, no matter what happens, he's going to continue to just learn and, and, and work from it and get better. It will be a long day at the office, ladies and gentlemen, for Tua and that Dolphins offense. America, if you take the Dolphins – to cover or to win this game as the underdogs, I want you to go to your nearest, nearest church and call God because this will be a long day at the office. Aaron Donald and the crew are going to give Tua all types of hell. And uh, in the great words of Jim Ross, former WWE announcer, now with AEW, there will be hell to pay. Yeah. Tua's in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey at corner. like mm, mm. Who are they going to ball to? I, exactly. Parker? <laughs> it's not like in practice you're going live and you're hitting people and taking them to the ground. Like, yeah, yeah. He's going to feel that pressure the whole All game. Night. Like, then All tight. night. All night, baby. It's safe to say we're going to find out Sunday if that hip is fully healed or not. Exactly. Stay tuned for that. Champions Club Podcast, Tori Gurley alongside Monty Moss here. You guys can catch this podcast streaming on all streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM app, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. For you guys out there wanting to know some social media, hit us up with your fancy football line as well as your parlays. You guys can find follow, I'm sorry, Tori Gurley uh, on Instagram at ToriGurley81 as well as on Twitter at T underscore Gurley81 as myself on Instagram at MontyMoss3 and on Twitter, Monty underscore Moss3. All, all of our information from today's show as well as our, all our episodes and going forward will be brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. For all you guys out there are done the DraftKings app, you guys can sign up today with your iPhone or Android device. For all you iPhone users, just go to your app store, type in DraftKings. And for all you Android users, just go to your Play Store and type in DraftKings. DraftKings.com. Sign up today. Chargers and Broncos. Broncos gave my Patriots a loss at home. So I know what the Broncos bring to the table, but 
That man, Justin Herbert, has been playing and been balling out these last three, four weeks. They're coming in on the road into the mile high. It was just snowing this past Sunday against the Chiefs, and we saw what that Chiefs offense did to that Broncos defense. Torrey, yes, the Chargers are from L.A., but they're coming into Denver, which is pretty cold. Not compared to Lambeau cold, though, but what are you liking with this game with the Chargers coming in uh, on the road into a mile high and the Denver Broncos? I'm torn with this because the eye test says take the Chargers. You know, the Chargers have been playing well. They're just coming off a big win. But are the Broncos that bad or did they have a bad game? And that's something hmm. that I'm contemplating with. And honestly, I want to I want to hear your side of it before I, I jump in. Like, who would you take in this game? I would personally – I mean, this will be all those L.A. boys – some half of that roster looking through their roster and see where they went to school at as well as where they come from. Half, most of that roster is not from any East Coast environment as far as winter conditions. And we've seen on Sunday with the Chiefs game how it was snowing and how the Chiefs got it done. I'm not sure. I'm with you. I'm not sure if the Chargers can come on the road. It's going to be cold in Denver for this game and seeing Justin Herbert really get it done in, in this type of weather because – most great quarterbacks in this league have we seen over the years, and you can contest to this, gets it done in all weather conditions. Rather it's sunny, rather it's fall, rather it's snowing, rather it's raining, rather it's snail, uh, hail, doesn't matter. Uh, but this will be a tough spot for the Chargers. But me personally, I don't, I can't see the Broncos losing back-to-back at home. Part of me wants to lean towards the Broncos uh, with them being coming in as the three-point underdog favorite. But the way the Chargers are playing right now, the way they got it out the mud, I should say, in the great words of Tory, which he always tells me, and how they got that gutsy win uh, against Jacksonville 39-29, especially with the performance Justin Herbert has played, it's going to be a, a tough contest. But right now, I'm leaning towards the Broncos at home as three-pointer and dog favorite. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to lean towards the Broncos, too. Just because looking at it on paper, when I saw the <laughs> spread, you know, yeah. uh, Broncos are, you know, I think they're what three point underdogs, right? Three point underdog, yep. Yeah, right at now. home. So I guess I would have to take the Broncos with the points, uh, and that's it's it's tough for me because I swear I I just think the Chargers are, are way better, but I just yeah, think the Broncos have run against they they went against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, regardless yep. of who you are, man, these guys are on a mission. So I think this is a be a great game for them. Uh, I definitely want to see Drew Locke play a lot better. You know, I, yeah. Over the past couple of weeks, he's been up and down. So, uh, going against a char, uh, going against a cold Chargers defense, who's used to that sunny California weather. You know, I guess it could be an eye opener when those guys get off the plane on Saturday and they realize, like, man, it's it's really snowing out here. So, um, and also the Broncos got weapons. You know, if Philip Lindsay uh, can stay healthy as well as Melvin Gordon hold on to the ball, uh. You know, that could be – that's huge there because I watched him fumble the ball a couple times in the snow, and that's something he got to do better. And that's a revenge spot. You know, the Chargers got rid of him, so it could be a bounce-back spot for Melvin Gordon wanting to go out and stick it to his old team. Yeah, this will be a divisional game. These two teams are running it back in the great words of us on the Champions Club podcast. Drew Locke, 24-40. He had 254 passing yards, did throw two interceptions, three sacks. Phil Lindsay, as you say, if we can, if we can see more of him – and him being healthy and productive, uh, not also that he got it, he got it done out of the backfield. He caught a little, he caught, a, caught out the backfield as well. Finished with seventy nine rushing yards, as well as Melvin Gordon sixty eight. If you can get that two way head monster going against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, I like their chances to win. And it's a running back game. We've yet to see a, a great performance from Jerry Judy. Uh, he's been banged up uh, most of the season. Everybody was high on him coming out of college. Great player. We've yet, to, we've yet to sit down and watch a Jerry Judy show. I think this is a perfect situation for him to come out on Sunday and sort of, sort of give Drew Locke what we all been waiting to watch. And it's going to be a great game to watch. It'll be a 405 game. You guys can catch this game on CBS. And this is a divisional game. Tough game to play. Saints and Bears. We called it. This We all told America that the Bears will be humbled by the Rams. And they were humbled by the Rams. Jolly old St. Nick. It ain't December yet, so I know the Christmas luck has not arrived in Chicago. Tori and myself talked on the podcast last week about how the defense has basically been 
wheeling and dragging this Bears team along the road week in and week out. They came into that game uh, at 5-1. and one. Bears fans were ecstatic of where they are. Me and Tori ourselves were shocked at where they were at that point in the season last week. Uh, but they did drop to 5-2, and two, second in the NFC North. 24-10 was your final. They're back again against the New Orleans Saints. Saints, we've been contemplating on numerous occasions about how they have a lot of issues going on offensively in the locker room. But the Saints, of course, on the road going into Chicago, they did win 27-24 against the Carolina Panthers in the divisional game. Torrey, is this a tough spot for the Saints coming in uh, on the road in Chicago, which more than likely will be a cold game? I think it is. Uh, I think it's a definitely tough spot uh, for New Orleans. Uh, going against that defensive line has just got embarrassed. You know, they got punched in the mouth against the Rams. They were they were just out schemed. But something I know about the New Orleans Saints is they are, they are not the same team on the road. You know, playing in that Superdome in front of that New Orleans faithful, that crowd, when the Saints come marching in, it's great and it's intimidating. But when you look at Drew Brees, outside in the element in the cold going against a real pass rush you know it wouldn't shock me if they go out and and and, and beat up on the saints like they did the bucks a couple weeks ago uh, they do have the personnel uh to to man up on the outside and also you have khalil mack man this guy comes off the edge and he gets it done so it i like the chicago bears in this spot i don't know what they're gonna do offensively because they struggle at times, it, it is painful to watch. <laughs> we but, don't know. Yeah, I mean, truly don't know. But if they can get if they can get a run game and, and ugly it up, you know, I definitely like the Bears in this spot with the points because I just think that the the Saints are just not as good on the road, especially playing outside. It's just something about when they leave that dome, they're just not the same team. Yeah, and Chicago, of course, they've played okay. I haven't played great at home this season, but they played okay, just enough to get them over, over the hump and get some and win some games at home in front of that Chicago COVID distant team uh, fan base, I should say. Uh, but that will be a great game to watch. I'm kind of curious what the Saints are going to do. We've seen Drew Brees in these type of situations before in that Saints team. Sean Payton will have a great, great offensive scheme slash game plan for that Bears defense, but I'm not sure a pissed off Bears defense coming after you is going to be a good thing for the Saints. But you guys are going to have to stay tuned for that and catch that game, 425 on Fox. Cowboys and Eagles, another divisional game. The NFC East is up for grabs, America. It's a mess. Don't get me wrong. Cowboys are coming off a miserable, miserable loss on the road against the Washington football team, only traveling to Washington to put up three points. They could have sent that by mail, as I touched on earlier in the show. Eagles... Sort of getting their mojo grooving in a way, uh, the way Carson has been playing uh, over the last few weeks, especially not uh, also in, in that almost comeback when we, the game was over at that point uh, in that defeat against the uh, Baltimore Ravens at home. But, Torrey, divisional game. Eagles currently hold first place. They are at home. And it's so messed right now. Our friends at DraftKings don't even have a line out for this game. Not a point spread or a total point spread at all. And right now, I'm pretty sure our friends at DraftKings are scratching their head on what to do with this game. It is a Sunday night game. You guys can catch that on NBC with Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels with the call. Tori, are the Cowboys going to come to Philly and put up another three points? What's your insight? What are, what are Tori's keys to the game? for this Sunday night game between the Cowboys and Eagles. I wish this game wasn't in a primetime spot. I, 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 <laughs> Amen. I truly – I don't want to watch two teams that are injured and bat, and not well coached and undisciplined play football at primetime. Uh, and I, I'm definitely not the Dallas Cowboys. Even though I'm enjoying picking on them, but this is getting old. Oh, yeah. Like, it, they're – the, the way they're performing on Sundays is just it's unacceptable. And I played for Mike McCarthy, and I know what type of guy he is and what type of coach. But uh, whatever they're doing defensively with Mike Nolan, I just don't get it. And, you know, with the having their backup, their backup's backup quarterback in there, mm. Danucci, mm. that's a hell of a name. Uh, hell of a name. <laughs> that's a hell of a name, Danucci. So sounds like a rapper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have Danucci at quarterback. Um, Ezekiel yep. Elliott, I, 
I don't know what's going on with this guy. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. The MIA all, like, also. Offense literally put up three points in Washington, and that was just a bad yeah. look. And from the Eagles' yeah. standpoint, Carson Wentz is out there running for his life. You know, he has Oof. so many players that's banged up and not enough weapons on a perimeter. I just think it's 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 an ugly spot. I mean, obviously, I got to back Philadelphia in this, in this position because they mm. do have the better quarterback and the better mm. coach, and they're playing at home. But I'm just, you know, I I had I wish this game wasn't an eight twenty. I wish they can flex it. So uh, that's all I got to say about it, man. You know, Cowboys should lose, Eagles win, and just stay away from anybody on fantasy. Yeah, you know what? I might take if I could. I might take the Eagles defense. Cause hell, if mm. the if the Cowboys score three, and Washington, hell, they might put up a goose egg <laughs> on Sunday. So you know, it can oh, help man. you out in fantasy. Great point. You you never know, America. Tory may give that may be his lock of the week. Stay tuned, Champions Club podcast. Bucks and Giants. Mm. Monday night game. Them Giants always have Tom Brady's number, but it's a new era, ladies and gentlemen. Wake up. Tom Coughlin, Amari Cooper. I'm sorry, not Amari Cooper. Michael Strahan is long. Michael gone. Strahan, OCU Mingera, Antonio Pierce. Still days are long, gone. It's a new era, America. So all you Giants fans, wake up with the Brady talk that we own him. Tom Brady is returning to the Giants on the road. Last time we see Tom against the Giants on the road, him and Randy Moss broke a record. That was in 2007. Monday night game, Tory. Right now, for my friends at DraftKings, the Bucks are coming in as 11 point favorite. Over and unders at 46.5. Giants are in a tough spot. I expect them to lose. That Bears, that Buccaneers, I'm sorry, offense is, is rolling, especially with adding the addition of Antonio Brown, which we're going to talk about uh, either later on this show from a fantasy standpoint or rather a on a next week's episode. There were reports out there that his first game as a Buck will be. Uh, week nine, which will be next week. And Bruce Arians basically came out and said, is he going to be a team player or you're not? It's insurance policy. That's the way I look at it. But Buccaneers and Giants, Tory, what do you like with this game? What do you see the Bucks doing to help them carry over that that big win on the 45-20 uh, on the road against the, against the Raiders in this spot here? America, I'm just going to be real with you. I don't plan on watching neither of these games on, on Sunday or Monday. I, I, <laughs> by halftime, t- half we should know, like, okay, the Bucks are up 21 points on the Giants. So it really isn't that much to watch. I guess we'll get to yeah. see uh, whoever the backup is for Tom Brady get in the game and, 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 and make some noise as well as maybe you might get uh, Leonard Fournette to run the ball a few times because there there's no reason why – the the Bucks should be in a ball game with the Giants. I mean, the Giants right now, hell, Daniel Jones can't even run without falling on his face, and now he's getting ready to go against a top team, top defense, against arguably the the greatest quarterback, greatest football player of all time. Um, I just don't think it's going to be much of a football game in, in these primetime spots. At the beginning of the year, we were excited about it, but now uh-uh, there's no Saquon Barkley. Uh, <laughs> it's just. It's just a bad spot, man. I feel sorry for these two television networks because they're like, damn, I, we we wish we can flick somebody else up in a big game. So <laughs> Make a switch. Yeah. I mean, r- yeah. seriously, do you really think the Giants can beat the Bucks? Hell no. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up somebody's behind, like, thinking that offensively they're going to be able to do something. Like, I just I, – it, sh- it should be a Bucks win. It's just a bad yeah. matchup. But yeah. um, you know, you, you have some other games out there. Like we we can t- <laughs> we can touch up on uh the San Francisco 49ers at Seattle. At Seattle you know, Seahawks, yeah. I think that's gonna be a great division game. Uh yeah, you know, and that was gonna be our next point. Tori, there were reports out there that there was a sniper rifle at the top of the stadium in Philly, and when Daniel Jones got about to the twenty, shots were fired. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. It was, a, it was a mess. That will probably be Daniel Jones' highlight of his career if he doesn't win the Giants' Super Bowl or a playoff game. Stay tuned for that. 49ers and Seahawks, another great division game. I'm looking forward to this game. Not also from a betting standpoint, from a fancy standpoint as well. The 49ers embarrassed my Patriots on Sunday 
on the road. They're on the road again, but this time they're going to Seattle. We know what the rivalry between these two teams have generated over the past few years. Seahawks, of course, are coming from their first loss of the season against the Arizona Cardinals. And the 49ers looking to make it two in a row. I'll keep it simple for you, Tori. Can the 49ers come in on the road with Jimmy G and the crew, especially the way they played on Sunday, and make it two in a row and give the Seahawks their second loss of their season? I would love to lean uh, with the 49ers, but they just have too many injuries right now. I, I think Debo Samuel and uh, Mac Wilson uh, were injured, and they're going to be out this week and uh, next man up. And I just think Seattle – uh, being a three-point favorite, I think this is a game that they go out and win. Now, I think it's going to be a, a little closer than what people expect, but uh, I do I do expect Seattle to bounce back and, and, and for Russell Wilson to clean some things up and and, and get the win ultimately. Um, defensively, they're bad, and I know Kyle Shanahan can scheme up uh, anyone, but I just don't think he have enough talent, healthy talent, to go out there and go beat a Seattle Seahawks team. I just – I don't see them losing back-to-back games, so I'm taking. Uh, I'm gonna let Russ cook for MVP on this one. Metcalf Kitchen America, another Sunday to go down there to Seattle, sit down and enjoy the show. Man, 49ers were really run heavy against the Patriots, and we know what that Seahawks defense looks like. Do you see this being right now from our friends at DraftKings? This game is at fifty-four. Could you see this game being a possible over? Oh man, I, I'm I'm no. I I'm gonna say no, and and the, okay. re, and the reason why is I do respect San Francisco defense. They're not gonna allow mm. you to just go up and down the field uh, the way the Seahawks have done. Obviously. <laughs> You know, that doesn't mean Seattle's going to lose the game, but I just don't think it's going to be as high scoring unless if San Francisco pop a few of those runs. You know, if if San Fran scores 14, you know, in the first half or 20, then, yeah, I can see the game going over. But um, if not, I can see it just, you know, I can, I think this number is perfect where it's at being at 54. I think it might fall right on it, you know, where it's going to be 21 to, to 23 or something like that. So, or 20, 24 to 20. So, yeah, I, you know, point. I definitely could see it that way. Champions Club Podcast, Tori Garley, Monty Moss, Fantasy Football. We got it here for you right now. Tori, another win, no complaints. It was a close one. Definitely, it came down to me either winning or losing. And my opponent, last pick, well, last play of Sunday was that. Rams defense, and I snuck out with the win. I'm happy, but not happy. I'm very humble. I'm up to 5-1 and one on the season. I give you, you and as well as America, some of my top performers from Week 7. Tom Brady gave me 36 points. He was top five this week in fantasy uh, from around the league. Shout out to Calvin Ridley, as, of course, him and Tara Lockett have shown why they've been the best two uh, fancy football receivers over the last three years. Special shout out to Justin Herbert gave me 38 points. He was third, right? Third from fancy football from week seven. And I got it done. I thought I was going to go through a, a lapse of history repeating itself with you a few weeks ago, having three Packers players on out on a bye week I also had three players out on a bye week and I was very, very grateful to walk out with the win. Now, I have a tough matchup coming up for week eight, but uh Tori, who were some of your big your big hitters from uh week seven for fantasy football? Um the Wild- How'd you do? Did you get a win? Oh, got the win. Uh easy nice. win. Devontae okay. Adams put up forty four. So yes. Aaron, I had him big and Aaron Rodgers, and I had the Washington football uh defense, you know, so football smart. team defense. I, I knew so that I knew the Cowboys couldn't do anything right. So I'm just going to, like I said, I'm going to kick you while you're down. You know, I'm one of those types. I'm not going to help you up. I'm going to just, you know, get my my licks in too. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that this week could uh, be as prosperous as it was last week. So we'll see. Yeah. Tori's got a win in the column. I got a win. It's always good to win in fantasy uh, as we get through that. Usually in fantasy football, America, just, 
right after a week, between week six and week eight is where you really make your bang for your buck, especially going into the second half, the second stretch, second half stretch of the, of the season. That's when you got to be on point with your add and drops as well as your trades at also your claim periods as well as your lineups. You'll start to notice from this week on starting whoever at what position becomes important. And you can't afford to put a person like C.D. Lamb in a flex spot. I'm just throwing C.D. Lamb out there because he's had a great first four weeks from a great from a fancy football stand with putting up numbers. No Dak Prescott. His productions went down. Andy Dalton's not getting him the ball. And his points and production is dropping. And you can't afford. That's my main point. You can't afford to put players like that in those type positions, especially when you start getting to those key games uh, in your fancy football season. Torrey, man, who are some sleepers to aim out to aim for uh, after week seven? Because right off the bat, we already know what Tyler Lockett brings to the table. 53 points. Avante Adams was in second with 44. Justin Herbert, my man, 38. Kyler Murray uh, with 37. Brady led the way with 36. Joe Burrow, 33. The double B connection was great. Tyler Boyd cracked in the top 15. From this fan, from this past uh, fancy football Sunday from week seven, who are some sleepers they aim for uh, heading into week eight? I'm gonna throw a name out here. I'm gonna go with Jamichael Hasty, and he is a mm. ba- he's a backup running back for the San Francisco 49ers. He came in when Mac uh, got hurt, and the way he was running the football, he was running hard. He can catch. We know Kyle Shanahan is great at scheming up plays, and we know Seattle defense isn't that good, so. He's someone I'm definitely going to lean on for a cheap price, man. I, I'm definitely – I like him this week. And I also like another fellow Cincinnati Bengal receiver in T. Higgins. I think if, if Joe Burrow is going to keep – I got him, baby. If, if Joe Burrow is going to keep spinning the ball around the yard, then give me, you know, the uh, double B connection and also add mm. T. Higgins in there. Mm. Great point. Yeah, Higgins looked great on, on, on Sunday. Did catch a touchdown. I, I'll be honest, America, I had T. Higgins to start. I thought he was going to give me immediate production um, with also uh, A.J. Green. But the more A.J. Green is declining in his per, in his performance, the more guys like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd continue to rise to the occasion. And we're seeing that Joe Burrow is putting his trust into both of those guys uh, week in and week out. So great, great point, great tip, Tory with T. Higgins. Definitely a guy to go get. For fantasy, he's going to go out there and do it. My sleeper, I would aim for, and I'm not really, for all you running back fans out there or owners that are big on running backs, James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Phenomenal player. Doesn't really give you big numbers. He's more one of those under-the-radar guys that just gets it done. He did have a breakout game this past Sunday against the Chargers uh, with 31 points, but he averages over 19 points a week. Not probably a home run running back for all you people out there that want the big names that's going to give you big points but just over the last few weeks alone he's given America 14 points or better before having that breakout game against the Los Angeles Rams so Los Angeles Chargers I'm sorry and that, that that's a guy that you want a sleeper to aim for yes Tory, he just gave a, a San Francisco running back earlier a few weeks ago on the Champions Club podcast he gave out Jet McKinnon Jet McKinnon was good for two weeks and then he started to decline so uh, for all you running back fans out there or owners that love running back so much, James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars, go and get him. Tori, who are some players to stay the hell away from after week seven? Miami Dolphin players. Anybody on their <laughs> offense? Oh, come on, man. I, hey, man, I'm keeping it real. You know, I ain't a hater. But, hey, yeah. brother, you got to earn your stripes to him, man. I love your story. I love your perseverance. But uh, yep. on Sunday, welcome to the NFL, Chief. Yeah, I would say I can throw a player out there, but for all you people, for all you people out there that may not know, just stay away from any Cardinals, Texans, Jaguars, or Washington football team players, especially if you don't have them uh, originally in your lineups. They're, those four teams, those five teams, I'm sorry, four teams are on buys this week. So be look out for those for those players in your lineups. Make the necessary changes. Don't be afraid to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram to give you those help and insight uh, to your lineup, so we can give you the best bang for your buck uh, to go out there and get a fancy football win ahead of week eight. Tori, what players to watch out for? Because we've all, we've, we've been calling gyms on a Champions Club podcast since week one, but who are some players to watch out for uh, ahead of week eight? You know what? I'm going to keep it simple and, and just piggyback off your guy, man. I'm going to go with 
Jay Jefferson, man, your receiver. Mm. I, I, I'm really, I really like him. I like yeah, what he brings to the table. Uh, I think this guy is so dynamic, and he's a playmaker. And and being in that offense, going against a Green Bay defense that they're good at getting after the passer, but once they get up on point, you know, once a team is blowing you out, it leaves the door wide open for fantasy. So I just think he's a guy that plays hard until the game is over with. So. You know, I I think that's my guy this week. I'm expecting him to have a big week. I am as well, especially having him since week one. Players I will watch out for. Justin Jefferson is one of them. Tory stole him. Jonathan Taylor, running back from the Indianapolis Colts. They are coming off a bye week. Also watch out for DeAndre Swift, running back out of Georgia. He's been balling these last few weeks for the Detroit Lions. And this is a great spot for guys like Jonathan Taylor coming off a bye week. Knowing that the the Lions don't have a great run defense, we saw what Tar- Ty Gurley did in a mistake <laughs> that was uh, not meant to happen with him scoring a touchdown and the Lions going down with the walk off win and the Falcons losing. Uh, but that that Lions run defense isn't all that good. I expect Jonathan Taylor uh, to have a big game. Uh, not also from a betting standpoint for all you people out there that like to bet on running backs or receivers to get a certain amount of yards over and under, but from a fantasy standpoint as well, I expect him to put up some points and give America a boost in their fancy football lineup. So stay tuned for, for Jonathan Taylor and watch out for DeAndre Siff. I put him on the watch out list ahead of week eight. Tor, what advice would you give to people after week eight, week seven, I'm sorry, in fancy football, especially from my situation on being lucky, I'm going to call it luck, and having three guys on a bye week and uh rest of my guys, shout out to them, getting it done and carrying me to a win. You nailed it earlier. You have to be very conscious of who you put in these certain spots. You know, this is that time of the year where, you know, if you're in the middle or or at the back of the pack, you can make a play and, and have some consistency and, and make a run, make a playoff run. But um, if if everything is not calculated, you really could hurt yourself and end up being the last – you're coming in last place in your fantasy, and that's not a cool thing. Like, you don't want to be that guy. You know, I've seen some – uh, a lot of embarrassment to come along with being in last place of a fantasy league. So uh, make sure you pay attention to the lineups, pay attention to the injuries, and, and follow your instinct and everything else should fall into place. Cardinals, Texans, Jaguars, Washington football team are all on by this upcoming week. America, be on alert for your lineups. If you have players from those, especially if you have more than one, from my, from my from Tory's standpoint, you have three Packers players that are on buys. Make the necessary changes, especially – if you're at a point where you can afford to drop them and re-add them back once they return from their bye week. Champions Club Podcast, it's time for our locks of the week. This, all our information from today's show and all our other shows going forward down the line have been brought to you by our friends from DraftKings, DraftKings.com. You guys can sign up today with your iPhone or Android device for all you iPhone users, go to your App Store and type in DraftKings. And for all you Android users, just go to your Play Store and type in DraftKings. You guys can catch this podcast streaming on all Streaming services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Acre FM app, also on Google Podcasts. You guys can give Tori or myself a follow. You guys can follow Tori on Instagram at ToriGirl81 as well as on Twitter, T underscore Girl81. As myself on Instagram at MontyMoss3 and on Twitter, Monty underscore Moss3. Hit us up. Tag us with your fancy football line as well as your parlay bets. Need last minute decision? Need some help? Hit us up. We're here to help you here. We're here to help you and give you that insight so you can get that win and go into that Monday feeling real good, as we all like to do, especially knowing that we locked either our lock of the week was a hit or rather our fancy football is looking good ahead of Monday. So stay tuned for that Champions Club podcast. Tori, it's time for our week eight locks of the week. We both are coming in after a, we both took our first loss last week, snapping our undefeated streak. All good things must come to an end. But it's not how we it's not how we fall, America. It's how we bounce back. And, man, we bounce back for you guys, giving you uh, two locks of the week. Tory, a lock of the week was the Steelers on the road with the plus one. They were the underdogs. They won 27-24. And like Tory said, we you know we, we don't intentionally like to beat you while you're down. But while you're down there, we might as well get some fun and laughter out of this. And I told America to take the Washington football team at home against the uh, sorry, miserable Dallas Cowboys. Came all the way to Washington to put up three points. Sorry, America's team. Got to do better than that, especially going on the road against Philly on Sunday night. But both of us moved to 6-1. and one. Tory, congrats again. We're at 6-1. and one. Let's keep this win streak rolling. Let's keep giving America these locks of the week so we can 
go out there and make those paydays. Tori, who's your week eight lock of the, lock of the week? <laughs> Give me the L.A. Rams. A tour. You got to show me, baby. I'm from the show me state. <laughs> I like Aaron Donald. I love Jalen Ramsey. I love Sean McVay. Jared Goff. I, I love them in this spot. The NFL is ran by quarterbacks and, and Tua Tagliaviola. He's going to be that guy in the near future. But on Sunday, I think he's going to be a lame duck. So give me the Rams Woo. and to cover whatever that spread is. They should handle business. <laughs> well, right now the spread from my friend the DraftKings at four. My week eight lock of the week. Since Tori is bashing in Tua, I might as well show some love to my fellow AFC East quarterback and Sam Darnold. I'm taking the Chiefs. At home against the New York Jets, the Jets are going to come in and the miser- the miserable misery season with Adam Gates, the head coach, will continue and the Chiefs will get it done. That's my week eight lock of the week. That's Tory's week eight lock of the week. I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Tory is rolling with the Los Angeles Rams on the road. Tory, any last words sign off here on Champions Club Podcast for ahead of week eight? Happy football Sunday, America. For my producers, Ross Clark. I'm Monty Moss, Tori Gurley. We're signing off. Enjoy Football Sunday and good luck on fantasy football and all your parlays. Good night, America.